I am so devastatingly sorry, everybody. We recorded 23 minutes and my recording stopped. Um, hello, this is Amanda and Lena <laughs> at The Luck We Had. A lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it was spent talking about Stranger Things, though. I feel like we could speed run through the Emmys. Yeah, so we were talking about the shameless alum we think are going to get nominated for Emmys. And you know what? Frankly, we did we did go on a bit of a tangent for some right? of it. I might just be able to read through my notes and we can just get it out of the way. Let's go through it. Lena right. put so much work into these notes. Who do we think is going to get nominated? I also want to state at the top here, we are very aware of the horrible atrocities happening in the world. And this is just going to be a little sanctuary of silly, goofy nonsense. That is so true. Uh, Right off the top of the dome with the Emmys, nominations are soon. Uh, They are July 12th. Nominations are supposed to come out. It's currently June 27th. From the shameless alum world, uh, I personally don't think Angeline or Emmy is going to be up for limited series. I just don't think it got enough buzz because limited series is such a competitive category as it is. They only have five spots compared to regular series that have eight. Though I will say, if you have access to Peacock, watch Angeline. It is batshit crazy in all of the best ways. Peacock is free with ads. Uh, So you do have access to Peacock, which is great. That's where I'm watching it. I'm like, right. I'm like in the middle of it. I'm on episode three. Uh, It is super great. Um, I haven't seen any speculation for it on like nomination prediction websites, which is pretty sad, but limited series, very competitive category. In other Emmy news, she's going to appear in the crowded room, which is an anthology series about individuals with severe mental illness. It's also what Tom Holland's filming right now. I've seen pictures of him filming that because he wears like a wig. Uh, So that could be an Emmy contender next year or whenever it comes out. Uh, The limited series Made, which was produced by John Wells and his team, seems to be a strong contender in the category. Everyone can agree that Margaret Qualley, who's the lead actress of Made, is tied with Amanda Seyfried of The Dropout for Best Actress. For Alex Borstein, she will most likely be nominated for her work in Maisel, but I don't know that she'll win because she's up against I don't against think some, she'll win. I don't think she'll win. She's up against some really serious competition. Uh, Sarah Goldberg from Barry, Janelle James from Abbott Elementary. Watch Abbott Elementary. If you don't watch Abbott Elementary, watch Abbott Elementary. It's so fucking good. <laughs> As a person who grew up just outside of Philadelphia my entire life, watch Abbott Elementary. You're like, that's so it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, possibly Cecily Strong as a nominee, uh, for Schmigadoon or SNL. I don't quite know which one she'll be nominated for. And then last year's winner, Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. We talked about Ted Lasso for a little bit. We had some differing opinions, but also weirdly the same opinion. Yeah. It's like, I liked that the show went darker in the second season and you still thought it was too light. Yeah. Which is strange to me. Um... Jeremy Allen White's new FX show, The Bear, is not eligible this year, and I'm thinking it may be overshadowed by next year just because of how fast the streaming industry moves, but I really hope it isn't because it was great. Um, And I've seen a lot. I know we were worried about it like a couple weeks ago. I have seen a lot of buzz for it. People are grabbing onto that show like they grab onto other fandom shows, you know, making fan cams and shit like that. So that's great. Really, really good for them. Jeremy Allen White, like, he he does have the girlies in a grip. Like, he's still he hot. Is, he is the yeah. white boy. His, his white boy swag is off the charts. <laughs> um, 
He w- he probably won't dethrone Eddie from Stranger Things, but he will be up there for his white boy swag or Miles Teller in the new Top Gun. I did see the new Top Gun last night, and while it is military propaganda, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> it was really entertaining. They don't make action movies like that anymore, so it's like it, it was very entertaining. My dad cried. My dad cried Aww. so hard. He was sitting next to me. He was sobbing. I was like, Dad, nothing sad even happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was a happy cry. Um, Anyway, episode seven of The Bear is insane and masterful. It reminds me a lot of a darker version of Charlie Work, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. It's it's shot like it's one take. Um, I'm absolutely going to watch it after we finish recording. Like, I'm very excited for this show. It's yeah. And I mean, it's it's not very long. It's the eight 30 minute episodes. Like, it's it's really easy to get through. I finished it in a whole day. but the first 20 minutes or so of the finale, there's this really like stylistic opening scene. And then Jeremy Allen White has an almost five minute monologue that gets like uncomfortable to watch. He's amazing. Um, I'm glad he's leading really great supporting cast, specifically Ayo Edabiri as Sydney. Um, you might know her. She took over for Jenny Slate in Big Mouth. Oh, um, di- I did not. For Missy. I don't know if I don't remember if I did either, but she's she's the one who took over that as like the voice role. I think she also used to be a showrunner of like a pretty popular show, but I can't remember what show it is right now. Um, yeah, as well as uh, even Moss says uh, Backrock Bachrock. I think he's Jewish. Uh, even Moss Bachrock's portrayal of Richie. He plays such an asshole that I forget that he's probably like a nice guy in real life. And there's a good wrap up to the season. So I wouldn't be like totally pissed if it didn't get a season two. I would be worried about like a sophomore slump because the first season was so fast paced and so built on this like tension that was left behind by events prior to the show. Um, But the creators said that they thought of season one as an appetizer for the show that they actually wanted to make more like a prequel for the show that they actually wanted to make. So it seems like they have a vision of where they're going. Um, there is a cameo from Joel McHale as Carmen's like evil boss at his previous restaurant, which was super fun. Because we love Joel McHale. I love Joel McHale. He's I great. love a Joel McHale. We sighting. love him in this house, right? It's like he just shows up in places, and then you're like, oh my god, I know that guy. Um, <laughs> William H Macy will most likely be at the Emmy ceremony. The dropout is pretty much a lock for a limited series, and he's projected to be nominated for best supporting actor. Not sure if he'll win, uh, but he I think he might have a really good chance this year. I love uh, William H. Macy and Jensen Ackles having the uh, I was on a hit television show for a literal decade, but now I'm on a different show that might win me something. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like I I love all of a sudden also straight men are discovering uh, Jensen Ackles and they're like, oh, my God, Jensen Ackles I keep seeing posts like that where they're they're like, he's like, they're like, I'm not gay, but he could hit. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Which, like, makes me so mad because I know the original intended audience of Supernatural was like straight cis, like, manly men. And then they got so fucking pissed at their actual demographic. Usually women, but like a lot of just queer teens and young adults. And they fucking hated that. And now he's on a show where, like, he can say fuck and do fun stuff. And, like, I'm watching the new season of The Boys going, this is Eric Kripke trying to write Supernatural. Like, Homelander is yeah. Lucifer. 
Okay, Eric Kripke low-key loved that that's what their demographic ended up being, though. I feel like he was like, this is hitting. Like, all right. People are people are people. I mean, the fan fiction episode is fully them mocking the fan base. Like, but that one and was I in hate like, it. That one was in, like, kind of good fun. The, the first one with the books. No, no, no. That was the that was the fan base they thought they had. And then the fan fiction episode with the musical, that was them mocking the fan base they actually had. Oh, that but that was past but that was past Kripke's time. Yeah. No, but um I'm watching the boys. Sorry, hard left turn to the boys. I'm watching the boys and the character of Homelander, that's Lucifer. That is him writing Lucifer with an actor who is good at acting. That is what that is what that is. Mark Pellegrino can suck my dick and burn in hell. Um, yes. He's he's a right wing absolute fucking nut job. Fuck that man. Um, also true. The guy that plays Homelander is like excellent. Like the soldier boy and Homelander fight in one of the newest episodes is the Michael and Lucifer fight from the thirteenth season. Is it Herogasm? That is a slay. I heard everybody talking about Herogasm. They were like talking the sh- talking that shit up. Hyping it up for when the episode dropped. Was it everything you hoped it would be and more? There was not enough orgy. They hyped it up like the entire episode. There was supposed to be an they, orgy? Well, that's what the herogasm is. It's a bunch of heroes fucking each other. Like a dead ass. Like a, oh, okay. Fascinating. And like there was an orgy in the episode, but it was more of like a thing that was happening in a C plot rather than like the plot of the episode. Which, like, was annoying that they advertised it like it was the plot of the episode. Right. However, that episode as an episode was fucking phenomenal. It was, after watching... That's great. They're getting Emmy buzz, the boys. After watching Jensen Ackles for a solid year um, on a loop and 15 years before that, and, like, knowing that he was a good actor and loving him... I cannot comprehend how much my jaw is on the floor every time he opens his mouth in The Boys. It's blowing my... There's a whole scene of him in a motel, like, getting the download on what's been happening since he's been frozen. And it is fucking mind-blowing. It's incredible. I love this man. Yeah, right. So he doesn't come until season three. How fucking long is this show, like, beforehand? Because I'm like... It's an Amazon series. So it's two seasons of, like maybe eight to ten episodes each are they hour-long episodes or are they 40 or 30 minutes they're hour long oh dang all right we'll see we'll see if i can get to it um (laughs) going back to the emmys mimi later directed a good chunk of season two of the morning show we know her from directing a lot of episodes of shameless she's nominated for best director last time morning show was eligible so there's a chance she will be nominated again and season two of the morning show was gay we love to see it it was a sleigh um (laughs) In other news, other shameless cast members, Cameron's reportedly going to be doing a live action show for Disney Plus, continuing the Cal Kestis role in the Star Wars franchise. That's all we really know about that. I really hope that Cameron isn't lost to the forever contract of like Disney and Marvel playing the same character, but in different projects. I just like. I don't think Cameron would let himself get trapped in a contract like that. I think Cameron would, like, very specifically be like, I need to do my artsy weird shit. I need to. Yeah, I do feel like, I do also feel like this with the Star Wars stuff, they are doing a lot of, like, they're just expanding the universe and the lore rather than, like, creating these long episodic movie, like, trilogies and stuff the way Marvel does. They're, they're, they do, like, these little one-off shows or whatever. I mean, The Mandalorian was a different story. It was really successful. But I'm thinking, like, 
the Boba Fett show and like yeah like Obi-Wan is just bridging the gap between episode six and episode four right so, so yeah I so maybe Cal Kestis will do the same thing I think they're probably going to use it to launch a second game so that's that um Shinola's tv pilot that she posted about a while ago finished filming it's unclear right now if it's going to be picked up to series but she has another show in development another pilot um good for Shinola yeah she's booked and busy she's just like being a mom too like she's spending a lot of time with her kids uh Emma is set to co-star in a teen dramedy film that's called Growing Up Gorman where she plays Gorman's love interest and the Connors has been renewed for season five so John Goodman is also fucking booked and busy. Season sure three of is. Righteous Gemstones is filming right now in Charleston. And then I'm sure he's going to go right to production of the Connors. He's like low key. One of the biggest movie stars in the world that also just does TV fucking regularly. For real. He loves it. And he also like lives in the middle of nowhere or so I've heard. Like he just like does his shit. Um, I think he's great. John Goodman. He's like America's grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love him. Uh, Ethan's latest movie, it was, I feel like it was an, it was definitely an indie film. I, maybe he made it with some friends. Um, it's in post-production. No word on the release of it. Um, Steve Howey is set to appear in a new movie with Jamie Foxx called Day Shift, as well as a TV show adaptation of True Lies for CBS. I- and then your note, Noel is neither booked nor busy, but seems to be in no rush. And I respect that. Right? He's like <laughs> posting on Instagram, but like doing it in the most cringe way possible. Not gonna lie. I did think about muting him for a while. Yeah. I'm like, I, I wonder, just has want- Layla posted lately? Also, is Layla working slash do we think that he and Layla might be trying to start a family? That's what I was thinking for a second. I was like, he seems to be in no rush. It might be... It might be that, like, let me, let me look at her Instagram right now. But I mean, that's not to say I like know what's going on in their lives. Because yeah. uh, she like generally works more than he does. So, so she, no, short answer. No, long answer. No, um, <laughs> she has been inactive on social since March 8th. But before that, her posts were really nothing um there was like a valentine's day post for noel and then before then her last post was like mid 2021 so um i'm gonna look at imdb right now i know noel's like he's like in new york the timing would make sense both both of them suddenly dropping off and not like really visibly doing much maybe they're trying to have a kid who knows yeah um she had a she had a part in ncis uh for one episode she had a part in lucifer for one episode not not really much so maybe maybe i don't know what their opinions on having kids are um yeah maybe they are doing that i have no clue he just has dad energy which is why i thought he so does on his (laughs) on his socials and it's like i don't understand like how it got to i'm like maybe this is just him being like his more authentic self but like when his his older posts were like normal do you know what i mean yeah (laughs) like like and then he got really into the hashtags and the and the guru shit and i'm like okay cool um you do you 38 year old man no 
How old is he? Yes, 38. Yeah, the like Wednesday Wisdom, the Friday song. <laughs> yeah. He used to be really into like EDM and house music too. Um, <laughs> I remember that era. That was crazy. That era. <laughs> All right. So that is our wrap up. Let's talk about the actual thing we came here to talk about. Yeah. Um, so once again, 17 minutes into the podcast, but about 45 minutes into us actually recording, let's get started. (laughs) This is the luck we had a shameless recap podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I'm Lena. I'm one of your other hosts. Evan is not with us today. Yes. Even though we said at the top of the last episode that Evan was going to lead this episode. Shit happens. We forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this episode... God, season five is so fucking good, like, immediately, and when I was watching this episode, I was like, what do you mean this is episode two? Season five is so fucking good. No, seriously, this episode has such a clear, like, um, arc to it. Like, characters are so different at the end of the episode than they were at the beginning, which is why it's like, yeah, you deserve this hour-long runtime. Sometimes sometimes they have an hour and they do fuck all with it. They do absolutely nothing with it, but they have an hour like this one and they actually make a lot of strides in the plot and the character development. And I'm like, okay, this is They used every minute of this episode in a really beautiful way. There's only two characters that I feel were really um, underutilized this episode. Carl. Carl, for sure. That makes sense. He's going to get a bigger storyline later. Veronica appears in one scene i think yeah she's more of a side piece of the kevin storyline yeah which is fine for this episode but i i did feel like her absence i felt her absence yeah no that's fair uh so this episode season five episode two i'm the liver aired on january 18th 2015 but was set on in like in the shameless world it's father's day so it's about mid-june so, you know, we're sort of... Right, I was like, timeline check. <laughs> we're sort of there. We're sort of on track. <laughs> yeah, I also got, like, I don't know if this is the right time to mention it, but yeah, so 2015 Father's Day was June 21st. Yeah, but I saw somewhere, like, in the synopsis for season five and, like, the promo for season five or something that season five takes place three months after season four, which would have made it March at the end of season four. No fucking way, right? It could not I mean, have been March. It was are you like thinking so... weather-wise? Yeah. I mean, I know Chicago snows like through the hole, but it just is like, I thought season, I thought season four started in December around the holidays. Yeah. And then it lasts only the course of like a month. Yeah. I would, I would fairly say like G- February, early March would be stretching it. Not because of the snow. Like my birthday is in the middle of March and like it regularly snows on my birthday, but yeah, I would say beginning of March would be like to be the end of March. Like that's yeah. that's theoretically when season four was supposed to end. No, I would say tippity top beginning of March is what right. I would believe. Yeah. But time isn't real and shameless. This episode was written by Krista Vernoff. This is the third of eight episodes she has written. 303, Maya Tremere Hedges, Hard Slay. Uh, 309, Frank the Plumber, this one. 508, Uncle Carl. 603, the F word. Slay. If you say so. 703, home sweet homeless shelter. 708, you sold me the laundromat, remember? Slay. <laughs> 803, God bless her rotting soul. Also a slay. She was also a producer on seasons three through eight of, she- of Shameless, and she is now a writer and producer on Grey's Anatomy and Rebel. And I have 
opinions about Grey's Anatomy. I still watch it. I've got opinions about Grey's Anatomy, but they are far too many. They did a really nice episode recently that was like recognizing all of the Asian characters in their show, except they have one uh, character, Nico, that they like refuse to develop as a human person. His character is like a piece of cardboard, except for like the one episode where they need him to be a person. It's really annoying. Um, but Krista is now a writer and producer on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, this episode was directed by Sana Hamri. This is the last of her shameless directing credits. Her fourth of four. She did 111, Daddy's Girl, Slay, and also the continuity of Horror in the Basement. 311, yeah. Order Room Service, Slay. Slay. 403, Like Father, Like Daughters, also Honestly, us also Slay. slay. Yeah. She killed it every time. Yeah. And this one. Her other credits were 911, Lone Star, Empire, a lot of music videos, and American Horror Stories. Lena did the notes on this one, but asked me to narrate this episode, and we can pop in Lena's absolute beautiful commentary. In this episode, Frank tries to talk Sheila out of an offer, Lip has his first day at work, and Kevin Svetlana bond. Debbie struggles with friends and boys, Ian plots revenge, and Fiona Fiona's house arrest ends. I have a beef with the synopsises of the episodes this season. They're all bad. Yeah, well, they're just all, like, vague. They're too vague. Like, there's, like, being vague to not spoil things. And then there's, like, that said nothing. That's an opposite yeah, but then said the, nothing. But then the promos. Because every time I do the notes, I literally look up on YouTube, like, the old promos that Showtime released. The mm-hmm. promos spoil too much <laughs> in these. Like, like you'll see on, like, the, uh, like, next week thing. It's, like, you're spoiling a whole fucking plot line. I guess maybe not. But, like, with the one, with one specific thing because uh, it leads to something else but it's just like not everything can be Barry or or Mad Men where like you see a trailer for next week you're like what the fuck dude the fucking promos were nothing it was literally nothing it was like a 10 second clip with no audio and it would just be a character staring at the camera and I would be like what are we doing here I guess keeping <laughs> the mystery alive I actually kind of loved it though because I I mean I feel like I said this to you guys like a while ago but I hate, I do hate streaming a little bit because of the whole like binge drop. Yeah. I think that week to week airing is the best way to build an audience. It's the most fun way to watch a show because of speculation in between like succession when it was airing was so goddamn fun. Yeah. Uh, and Barry was also really fun between weeks. Um, that's what Stranger- I like HBO Max that worked in their favor for Our Flag Means Death, too, because the first few episodes came out and it had enough people go like, what the fuck is happening over here? And then every week there was something to scream about. Honestly, HBO is the only one that's like killing it. even with like like Minx or like I guess Stranger Things kind of did the same thing, like which is why I kind of respect the way they did it. They gave you like a large chunk of the episodes. Stranger Things gave us too many episodes, though, but uh, and they're too long, but they still have one's coming so you it gives you like time to theorize and to like build that community um i am i am also suspicious of netflix of dropping umbrella in the middle of that i also didn't know that the new episodes of umbrella academy were out except for the fact that i follow elliot page on instagram it seems like, like can i say something crazy they're bearing it because of the whole elliot page the minute like, Elliot came out, they stopped promoting one of their most popular series. I also got to tell you. Okay. I also got to tell you. So they, so Hulu just canceled Woke um, with Lamorne Morris and um, Blake Anderson from Workaholics. 
And then, um, holy shit, I cannot remember her name, but she was on S. Oh, um, Zem- Zem- Sashir Zameda. Sashir, Sashir Zameda. Canceled that show. And I'm like, after season two, and season two was so much better than season one. And I'm like, huh, it kind of makes you think, why would they cancel a show that works so closely with class issues and race relations and like does a lot of commentary on that? Especially also because they canceled it like I think the news came out like literally right after Roe v. Wade came out. And I was like, guys, this isn't great timing for nope. you. Also, that show did pretty well, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people watched it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not like, it, it, I feel like I'm mad that it doesn't even sound conspiratorial when I say that Netflix buried it. They buried Umbrella Academy because they had an openly trans actor and they didn't want to deal with the show, even though it was one of the most more popular shows exactly. on the entire streaming Especially because. Especially because the show chose to have that character transition in storyline rather than having Elliot Page play a woman. Yeah. No, I agree. It was so... I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm like, I'm like, it's like, we're not even like, it's not even a... It's straight up just what they did because of like the fucking algorithm and and ratings and all that shit. It's like, I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So... The previously on for this episode done by Mickey. Oh God, I love this previously on. I think about it all the time. So so sexy of you, Mickey. And I I tweeted this on our inst- on our uh, podcast Twitter account. So much of this season is us. I saw looking at the adults in the show, going, "You're so fucking hot. I can't handle it." <laughs> yeah, I do make a comment about Mickey. I'm like, he looks fucking baby faced in this episode. Something about he does. This episode makes him look so much yeah. younger than he looks even in the previous episode. He doesn't look that young, like as young as he does in this one and I'm like, dude, what? I feel like it's just like and this is like um, it's kind of silly. Don't take yeah. it as seriously. Noel just has like old person face. Yeah. Um Yeah. So even when he looks young, he actually looks old. I just think he looks younger, but he still looks old. <laughs> Because he was, he was what, like, 28 when this? No. God, no. He was uh, 30. This is him under the L going, like, I'm happy to knock your fucking teeth out. I don't actually give a fuck if you watched Shameless last week. Like, he does look so 19 in this, and I don't understand how. Yeah. He's like, people around here, people around here get their kneecaps busted or something for missing Shameless. I'm happy to knock your fucking teeth. Like, I don't know. Oh, sit down, shut up, and catch up. Or don't. I'm happy to knock your fucking teeth out. Yeah. Also, smoking isn't sexy, but on him, yes, it is. And I'm so angry about that. On this cast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so previously on Shameless, Sheila is keeping track of Frank's meds and vitals post-liver transplant, being very wife. And Frank is frustrated with how much effort it is. I made a comment that seriously, where did this all go? We never see Frank do his liver stuff, but I feel like they mentioned it in season 11. Like this show forgets that he had a fucking liver transplant. They forget. I do feel like, I do feel like we did make a comment in season 11 with the whole dementia storyline because there is a, a, Frank has a bad day where he feels really sick. And then Liam is like, did you take your liver medication or something? And he's like, oh shit. Don't did, I feel like we mentioned that. We did definitely that did. Up? Like when Frank was dying, the show suddenly remembered that he had a liver transplant. But like for a while, the show they forgot. Just said, yeah, they said like, like he because of his dementia, he like forgot to take his meds. So he had like I remember he had like a really painful bad day uh, because of it. Like he had to take them or maybe it was in like season eight or nine or something. I don't even remember. They do mention it like one time after. But uh, 
it is like very few and far between yeah after this like season five little plot line Veronica's having trouble connecting with the babies. Her and Kev switch the quote-unquote, like, gendered parent roles. Sheila and Sammy hate each other. Not news. Uh, Ian won't see a psychiatrist. Fiona is flirting with Davis, the band guy, but she's also on house arrest, so she can't go to his concerts. But also, Fiona and Sean have some serious sexual tension. Lip starts working construction for Tommy. Gentrification is sweeping through the South Side and through this fucking storyline of all the rest of the seasons of this show. And Frank homebrewed what is possibly the most potent beer in human existence. Milk of the gods. Okay, gentrification storyline was kind of a slay. Up until a point. Up until it's five seasons later and we're still doing it. Well, it's like, shouldn't be, shouldn't the neighborhood be gentrified by now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously though. It's like, I, it, it is worth talking about because it is a very real issue, but it's like, shouldn't the effects of gentrification have already either beaten the Galliers or they've overcome they yeah. do they do overcome they all move up uh in the sort of like class ladder it does it is just very as as is the coverage of Frank's liver it is very inconsistent that is true all right so we open on Frank in some scrapyard probably the demo site for the nursing home uh in the previous episode he's letting a dealer try some of his beer and he trades the mason jar for because he asks the guy how much would you pay for this and he's like i have a bag of edibles and they make a trade and then frank looks at the sunrise and he's like look at that another day and i'm still alive i actually really like frank in this episode like he's a good character yeah also because i he influences like the right storylines yeah like i like yeah. how he exists as a character in this episode it's it was he was really well utilized yeah, because it's not like it, like he's not only trying to like cause havoc or like do a scheme. Like he's also just kind of like doing normal old guy things. Yeah, like wa- like walking around and going to the bar and like brewing his little home brew project and talking to his wife. And it's like okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, we go to the Gallagher house. Fiona is flying down the stairs to find Lip in the kitchen making coffee because as of today she is off house arrest so she's looking for a screwdriver so she could pry her ankle bracelet off because she can she is allowed to take it off but the probation office is closed so she can't like get it taken off so she can take it off and just return it tomorrow and lips like is that true he's like like, are you is this allowed (laughs) because it doesn't seem allowed but she's like as long as it's undamaged i can i'm fine so he's like don't don't party too hard and like fuck it all up which, like, there's that hanging, that that yeah, Chekhov's like gun. The, well, it's just, it's also that they just don't trust her anymore. Yeah. Because she's broken that trust multiple times. But she's like, haha, no promises. Like, she's obviously joking, but Lip's like, Loki, like, no, like, I'm a little bit serious. Yeah, he's, like, not about to pick a fight with her, but that tension is there. If Emmy and, and JW, like, they hold that tension really well. It's really nice. Um, so, timeline check. There's a lotto scratcher taped over the month on the fridge calendar, but, like, <laughs> smart move set dressers, you've bested me again. No, for real. I mean, they, they started doing that in the later seasons. They would cover up with, like, a receipt or something all, the whole word of the month, except for, like, burr, because it's supposed to be, like, uh... Or, like, ER at the end, because it's supposed to be, um, like, sometime in the fall, so it could be, like, September, October, November, December. (laughs) 
And um, I'm like, but it's you guys. also like then they establish that it's Father's Day, so it's June. <laughs> yeah, I got to that later. <laughs> yeah. So Lip says that he's starting his job today because city inspectors aren't supposed to be working on Sundays, so he anticipates Tommy will definitely have them doing something illegal, like dumping toxic waste. And he says he looks forward to the job because at least he wanted to worry about anything. And Fiona's like, "Uh uh-huh, cool. And, like, just continues to try to rip her fucking ankle bracelet off. Over at the Fisher Ball house, Kev and V attempt to calm their crying babies. And Kev has, like, the magic touch. And then he hands the babies back to V and they start crying again. And uh, Veronica, like, can't deal with it. And Kev's like, don't worry. They're just favoring me because it's Father's Day. Ooh, he loves it. He's like, it's Father's Day. He's, like, singing with the babies. (laughs) And then Kev asks her what the plan is to celebrate. He's like, so we're going to do waffles. We're going to do pancakes. He just wants like a Father's Day breakfast. And uh, V is so mad, but she won't be mad in front of him. So she's like, oh, fuck. Okay, I'll go take care of that and hands him the babies and stomps over to the Gallagher house to like grab some waffles out of their freezer. And she's like, Kev wants fucking pancakes. He's had it. I love the line. Holy shit. Are you okay? I have twins. I'll never be okay again. And he's, he, Lip has to go to work. He wishes the ladies luck. And Fiona offers V some coffee and then points her. She's like, there are our frozen waffles. Have a frozen waffle. And V is like, I just want to go to the, al- am I a terrible mother? Because I just want to go to the alibi and get away from my babies. And uh, Fiona's like, well, did you leave either kid on the porch last night while you were on a drug run? No? Well, then compared to what I grew up with, you're an excellent mother. <laughs> and like, it's a low bar, but Veronica is clearing it. And, like, she very clearly has postpartum and doesn't have a healthy way to deal with it. So she's just, like, going to work instead. Well, and it's also, like, at least, okay, this is, like, really low bar. Not even. But it's, like, at least she's choosing to work to provide financially for the babies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, she, she cares for them in a high capacity, but not in a way that she can, like, express. She doesn't know how to exist around them. Right. Yeah, but she, like, she's not abandoning them. At least they have, like, Kev. Yeah. There's also that jealousy of, like, you're bonding with the babies. Why am I not bonding with the babies? I'm going to go not deal with this and be at the alibi instead. Uh, So at work, Tommy tours Lip around the demo site. He's like, you're going to pick up these pieces of concrete. You're going to put them in the bobcat bucket. And then I'm going to dump the bobcat bucket into a hole. And Lip's like, do I get to drive the bobcat? Tommy's like, so you're going to pick up the pieces of concrete. (laughs) And put and them put in them the bobcat bucket. And then the first thing I clocked is that Lip is that Tommy is wearing gloves and Lip is not wearing gloves. Lip, my man, you should be wearing gloves. He doesn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tommy, Tommy should have given him his gloves. All he has to do is drive the bobcat. He doesn't have to pick up heavy concrete. That's so true. And But as Tommy starts to walk away, Lip's phone chimes and he pulls it out and it's just a titty pick from Amanda and Tommy's like, cool, give me your phone so you don't get distracted by a titty pick and fucking die here today. And so he just confiscates his phone. And then he is a bit of a racist. And then he keeps on, keeps it pushing. At a, I think this is an AA meeting. At an AA meeting, Jackie, the waitress, is talking about how she wants to call her dad for Father's Day. But that he doesn't want to hear from her. And Fiona, looking so hot and sexy. Looking so... She's seriously everything in this episode. She looks so fucking good. She's she's so hot and sexy, I can't handle it. Um, But she comes in late and sits down next to Sean. And, like, her hair and the way her tits are sitting in that tank top. Like, son of a bitch. 
She gives him his coffee, which she describes as sugar-flavored coffee, or coffee-flavored sugar, because I guess he likes a lot of creamers and such. And she, like, shows off how bare her ankle is. She's, like, playing footsie in the air, showing him her ankle. And he's like, how did you get that off on a Sunday? She's like, screwdriver. And he thinks that is so hot and sexy. And so true of you, Sean. Back at the Gallagher house, Carl, Debbie, and Liam are in the kitchen. Carl is teaching Liam how to burp on command. I love that. Debbie asks what the two of those two, Carl and Liam, are going to do to earn money this summer. And Carl says he plans on having sex with so many girls that they'll start paying him for it because they'll be so good. And then she's like, that's not going to happen. You're literally in a stolen wheelchair right now. And he's like, chicks dig wheelchairs. And Debbie's like, I swear to God, if you you lose your virginity before me, I'm going to stab you in the fucking face. Right. And no, she's like, she's like, I'll stab you to death. And he goes, I'm supposed to keep it in my pants till you're 30. And she says, 30? And he goes, 40. (laughs) He fucking, he got her ass. He got her ass good. I remember, I remember like in the height of Shameless, like 2015, 2016, when everybody would use and they would make like thirst edits of carl even though he was still a minor yeah and they would just do the fucking like chicks dig wheelchairs like they would use that clip in everything oh my god and i'm like guys are we watching the same show because this guy looks like a loser to me personally also he's 12 uh so carl is like come to the pool with me later and then there's a knock at the door and debbie looks out the window she's like it's some weird guy i'm gonna go get my pepper spray and so carl sends liam to the door and liam little baby liam opens the door And this man who is a man you've seen in one episode of fucking everything. Um, Hold on. He has some serious eyebrows. He does have some very serious eyebrows. And you've seen him in... He's a character actor who shows up in fucking everything. Hold on. Patrick Fischler. He was in Mad Men. He was in Lost. He's in The Rookie. Like, he's he's literally in one episode of every TV show you've ever seen. Uh, He says he's looking for Frank. And he starts to say that Frank's liver was, and then he starts crying before he can finish talking. So Carl's like, yeah, go to fucking Sheila's house. How this man finds out later what Sheila's house is, is a mystery to me, but those are all the directions he's given. And then Liam slams the door in the crying man's face. And the next scene is hard to describe in words because it's two alternating plots with Fiona, but... At Patsy's, Sammy is following her around, being so fucking annoying, wanting Fiona's help with setting up a Father's Day celebration for Frank. And she's like, can I use your house? And you can even come. And Fiona's like, fuck off. You're not cooking Father's Day breakfast for Frank in my kitchen. And Fiona walks by one of her tables where there's like a heavy set married couple eating. Um, and the man asks for ketchup. No, please. No. Hello. Excuse me. Just ketchup. And she's like, she's a great waitress, by the way. She's like, right away. And she goes to yeah. grab it. And then Sammy- she knows it's a holiday and like tips are going to be good. Yeah. Or they should be good. Yeah. And Sammy continues to follow her, trying to like bug her. And Fiona's like, no, fuck off. And then comes back and the guy's like, Tabasco. And she's like, all right. And goes around and grabs that too. And then she comes back. He's like, more syrup. And then she goes around and like him and his wife do like a what the fuck look at each other. And then she brings up the Tabasco and he's like, or the syrup. And he's like, creamer. And she's like, cool. Now, while I'm standing here, is there anything else that you want? And he goes, no. And she goes away. And Sammy follows Fiona behind the counter at work, continuing to be the most. I, I It is at this point of Sammy's characterization that I want to throw her off a cliff. 
I hate but Sammy it's like, so much. It's so something she would do, though, like follow her behind the counter at her place of work, then just like think she's entitled to do that. It's like, bitch, you don't work here. Yeah. This is a restaurant. It's different. It's different when Fiona like gains ownership of the restaurant because it's like, well, Fiona owns the restaurant and you're her family. But like, she just works there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this? And so Fiona brings the creamer back and the guy's like, get me more butter. And she, she like takes he a centering even, breath. He doesn't even say like, can I have or get me more? He literally just says the word. He's like, butter, more, more butter, syrup, and then, or like ketchup. And then they're like, it's, <laughs> this part's, it, it has real like give a mouse a cookie vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, Fiona's like, takes a centering breath and she's like, right away. And then she's like, Sammy, you should also not be doing nice things for Frank. And then we cut away from that scene. Then we're in Ian and Mickey's room at the Milkovich house. We find Ian tying his tie and Mickey lounging, like pretty much naked in the bed. And we're about to find out with some, some stupid dialogue. Shameless be like, we can't show, we just tell. Right, they're like, we don't have enough time to show, so we're just going to tell by having characters talk to each other in the most scripted way possible. Yeah. So Isadora, Svetlana comes in, also looking like her it, her pregnancy, woman's glowing. She's so hot. She comes in, she's like, will you take Evgeny for a run? He's like, can't, I have to go to a funeral. He goes, for who? And Mickey is like, some fucking guy he doesn't even know. We find that it's like an army guy. And, uh, and... Then Svetlana's like, oh, so you take baby to funeral. And Mickey goes, no, it's illegal in this country. She goes, mm-hmm, she's, mm-hmm, sure it yeah, is. She's like, aha. And then she just leaves. <laughs> and so Mickey's like, all right, I'll go with you to the to the funeral. And that's when you notice the Billy the puppet mask from Saw hanging on the door. Yeah, he has a, on hanging on his door is a Billy the puppet mask from Saw. And it caught my eye like at that moment. And I was like, no (laughs) like i was like i was just like why as a piece of set dressing would they do does he wear it during sex what is this about like he might just like saw i know he just likes saw well because other characters in the show have like watched saw like carl was watching it on tv a couple seasons ago yeah but i'm just like so set designer found or went out and bought that and said it's a character trait. Mickey <laughs> likes the Saw movies. I don't know. I just... But Mickey is like, okay, I will go with you to this funeral. Can you at least not wear your uniform? Because every fucking MP in this country is looking for you. And Ian says it's a sign of respect. So Mickey's like, okay, crazy bitch. I guess I'm doing this with you. And then Debbie, Carl, and Liam arrive at the public pool. They pass by Holly, who is sitting on this big staircase. And she's like, hey, Gallagher, looking good. And Debbie, who had told Carl to ignore her immediately is like, Oh my God, she gave me a compliment. You look good too. And Holly's like, I'm not talking to you. She's hitting on Carl. And she's like, you poor baby with your little leg. A 12 is a child. It's a scrawny little ghostly Victorian child broken in a, in a wheelchair. And then Debbie's like, you know, you're just, she's just doing that to mess with you. And he's like, yeah, I hope she blows me to mess with you too. And you know what? They're like both, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Carl is one track minded. Uh, back at Patsy's, the couple from earlier is leaving and Fiona chases after them, asking if there was a problem with the service because they did not leave a tip. And the guy's like, you are slow. And he's, 
And she's like, she spews off a bunch of shit about how they're too fat and greedy to wait for the massive amounts of food that they ordered. Which is, like, not helpful for the depiction of fat people in media. But these guys were actual assholes. Yeah, this guy was actually a prick. They sucked. Yeah, they sucked really bad. They were entitled as hell. Yeah, she's not just bullying fat people for no reason. This guy was a fucking prick. And so the wife slaps Fiona in the face. And she her lip starts bleeding. And Sean runs up and breaks up the fight. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And they explain. And he sides with Fiona, going like, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to eat here. And then when the man calls Fiona a slut, Sean grabs him by the throat and throws him against the wall. For real. He's like, I'm going crazy mode. And Fiona is like, so thrown off by this and tells Sean to let him go. And Sean lets him go, but makes him apologize to Fiona first and promise to never come back. And then Sean like, walks away and he points out that Fiona's lip is bleeding. She's like, I'll ice it. But she's like, she has the vapors from watching that. For real. Well, and, but Sean is like, He's, like, pissy with her. Yeah. He's like, like, he's refusing to, like, indulge her. He's like, your lip's bleeding. And then he just walks away. And she's like, that was so hot and sexy. I can't handle it. Uh, Svetlana arrives at the park with Evgeny and sits down on a bench next to Kev, who is at the park with Amy and Gemma. And she pulls down her shirt to breastfeed as Kev looks on. And she catches him staring. And he's like, oh, shit. I wasn't, I wasn't staring at your tits. I was I was I was staring at your tits, but I wasn't staring at your tits like that. Except, yeah, I was staring at your tits like that. Like he's just bumbling. But he's like, he's like, but really, like Veronica's like not breastfeeding, so I was just like watching because like my babies don't get to do that, so I'm like a little bit. I wish my babies had boobs. <laughs> not like that. I wish my babies had bo- boobs in your mouth. Boobs in your mouth. <laughs> no, but he's just like he's like I'm just like weirdly jealous on behalf of my babies. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay. This is the beginning of the burgeoning, beautiful friendship of Svetlana and Kev, and I do love it. And she's like, he, he's like, well, the baby just bit her once or twice, and now she gave up. And she's like, imagine you are swimming, and then a shark swims up underneath you and bites you in your ball sack. That is what it feels like when they bite us. And he's like, oh, fuck. But she's like, you still shouldn't quit, though. She is strong like Ox, this Russian woman. And she's like, Husband has no interest in caring for Yevgeny. Orange boy helps. And then she asks Kev who helps him. And he's like, I don't know. V does not have interest. She just works a lot. And Svet's like, all right, give me the baby. And just attaches one of the babies to her boob and starts feeding them. Back at the pool, Carl and Holly are making out. Debbie is sitting with Liam, who has covered himself and her hair with ice cream. And she watches a cute guy and his girlfriend get into an argument And then the girl throws her drink on this guy and she watches the guy like jump in the pool to watch it off. And there's a slow motion sequence of him getting out. She just watched him get dumped because the girl said, you'll screw anything. And Debbie is like, hello. In Patsy's, Sean is frustratingly looking at order tickets and Fiona comes up to him telling him to let it go. They were just fat assholes. The show does suck sometimes. Sean is mad at her a little bit for fighting with them, but also says that assholes like that keep his business alive. And he's less mad about losing business and more mad that she was so willing to go get into a fight after just getting off probation. And she says that she just went out there to ask about her tip, which, girl, you came in hot, if that's what you were asking. Yeah, right? It's like, you escalated, girl. Yeah. Come on. And You're she- the one who's- Because they were like, you were- he-, he goes, you were slow. Thanks. And then they go to walk away. And she's like- well, maybe it's because you're a fucking fat, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, girl, just walk away. Yeah. You went out there to start a fight. And uh, 
she's like, not that I didn't find it sexy, you standing up for me, but like, it's pot and kettle. Like, they, they think each other's destructive behavior is hot. And they both recognize that that is a failure amongst themselves, but they still think it's hot. And then Frank comes home and sees a banner outside of Sheila's house that says, Happy Father Day, Gampa. And Frank is like, I think Chucky needs to be looked at by someone. Like, we should probably tell, we should probably tell Sammy that Chucky probably has a learning disability. Like, it was the first thing out of his mouth. He's like, we should get that kid looked at. Um, <laughs> they they low-key do address it later when he's, like, in school with Carl. Yeah. When they go back, when they go back to school. Damn, summer passes, like, kind of quickly. Yeah. In this season. It was a surprisingly, like, it was, it was not great the way he said it, but it was a surprisingly touching thing for Frank to say. He's like, there's something up with that kid. <laughs> Frank low-key, like, kind of likes Chucky. Frank, Frank actually has, like, a soft spot for, like, younger kids. I think it's because he, he thinks that he can, like, mold them yeah. into his own image. But, like, Chucky, because he'll, like, use them in schemes and stuff, but it's, like, Chucky, Liam, Franny, like, even Carl in the really early seasons and Debbie. And it's, like, before they realize that he's a piece of shit, like, he really does actually care for them in, like, a real way sometimes. Yeah. Before they can develop resentment. So Frank arrives at Sheila's house and sees that banner. And she's, she's like, hosing off the front steps or something. And she's anxious to tell him about a realtor that came by with two lesbians, Lisa and Lisa, who offered to... They offered to buy Sheila's house for double market price. And she wants to call them and accept it. But he's like, no, that sounds like a scam. That sounds like a scam that someone is running. And then Sammy comes out of her trailer and is like, happy Father's Day, Pop. And Sheila, Sheila turns, she's, like I said, she's hosing off her front steps. And when Sammy comes out, Sheila turns her body and like hoses off Sammy. And just so like nonchalant, it was like, oh, so sorry, Sammy. So sorry. But like keeps the hose aimed at her. The way she like screams too is so funny. She's always just like, rah. <laughs> And so she continues talking about why they should take the deal. And again, Sammy tries to step over and interrupt. And Sheila hits her with the hose again. Joan Cusack put in the fucking work in this episode. And she's like, I want to travel. I want to, I, I, let's sell the house and get an RV. Miss Agoraphobia wants to be in an RV traveling the world. And the best part is she's like, and Sammy would never be able to find us. And then we transition into a chant of God kills soldiers because America loves <sighs> it's like it's Loki, like catchy AF. <laughs> Except it's not. It's a chant that like doesn't make sense coming out of their mouths, and like you have to fit so many syllables in there. No, for real. But like the rhythm, the rhythm, the rhythm that they say it at though, I'm like, it's like stuck in my head a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah. We're now at the funeral for this gay soldier that Ian. No, I don't even think it's a gay soldier. The Westboro Baptist Church will will just show up at soldiers' funerals and do this. It doesn't matter if I the soldier was gay or not. They'll just show up at any soldier's funeral and do this. Oh. I think he is a gay soldier, though. I think that's the reason Ian's going, maybe. Or maybe just because he's a soldier. Yeah, he's just he going because he's he a soldier. Like, they didn't do yeah, this like, at gay soldiers. Gay. Because Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I think, was still in effect. Um, and they d- I think it isn't it still in effect today? No. It was during obama's presidency i i just don't forget i don't remember when but uh but, you know like the the westboro baptist church will just show up at any soldier's funeral they'll show up at like the funerals of children killed in school shootings and do this specifically 
Um, there's no logic. There's Their brain cells don't fucking talk to each other. And so Ian is, like, standing there fuming. And Mickey, you can see Mickey standing there fuming next to him, but, like, reining it in. And Ian's trying to pay attention to the sermon, but, like, the chanting grows more and more in his head. And eventually he snaps. And he's like, oh my god, shut the fuck up! And Mickey, like, tries to calm down. He's like, you're making a scene. You are making a scene at a place where you could already get arrested. What what are we doing? And Ian, like, breaks away from the service and picks up a cross and starts to wield it like a weapon. And they're like, um, you can't do that. Yeah. Mickey is, like, trying to calm him down. And then another soldier comes over and he's like, you cannot be wearing a uniform wielding a cross as a weapon. And Ian's, like, yelling and screaming. And the guy's like, I hate these motherfuckers, too. But if you don't stop it right now, I have to call your commanding officer. Gallagher, is it? And that's when Mickey steps in. He's like, all right, nope, we're getting away from this. He's like, no, we're leaving. We're leaving. Yeah. We're leaving. Um, thank you, big, strong, tall man. <laughs> um, we're good. We're good. And then Mickey tells him, if you need to come after these people, it has to be with a plan. Let's go home. Let's make a plan. He's trying to just de-escalate and get Ian out of there. He also looks so good in this suit. He looks so good in the suit. Uh, at Sheila's house, her and Frank continue the discussion of the realtor's offer. He's like, why? What is the catch? What is the scam here? They just offer you twice your what your house is worth, and but but what's the scam? And so he pokes his head out the window. He's like, she knows scams. Let me run it by her. He's like, he literally is like, Sammy! <laughs> and she just like comes running. I, I love this scene. The fact that he just poked his head out the window like that. And she stands in the yard, like, totally just indulging in this conversation. She's like, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> like a drive through window. He pulls it up. She's He's like, like, Sammy! Yeah, Pops? <laughs> and she's like, it's not a scam. It's an investment. The Chicago Tribune named this neighborhood an up-and-comer. And so he's like, oh, cool. And then he slams the window <laughs> back to his conversation with Sheila. Yeah. She, like, says it in such, like, a way. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. She's like, she's like, it's not a scam, an investment. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, okay, Sammy. It is a child excited to present information they just learned. Like that. She's like, dad, 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 <laughs> dad. And Frank's like, oh fuck, these are gentrifiers. You are absolutely not selling this house. Yeah, because he's like, I saw it. Yeah, he's like, they're going to keep moving into this territory. They're going to raise the cost of living, and they're going to force all of us out. Which like is true. That is what happens. The poor people yeah. in the neighborhood get forced out of the neighborhood they've lived in their entire lives. Do you remember if their neighborhood is back of the yards or Canaryville? I think they're back of the yards because I think multiple times in like certain seasons, someone's been like when they've talked about the South Side, they'll be like, oh, I'm back of the yards. Like, I think I think it is back Mickey, of the yards. Yeah, I think Mickey is from Canaryville, though, because the Milkovich house is a couple blocks down. Yeah, it might be like theirs. right on the border. I think yeah, Mickey's Canaryville, Ian's back at the yards, I think. Um, and he's like, we're not, we're absolutely not doing this. And Sheila's like, yeah, but what if we take the money and we travel across the country in an RV and we get the fuck away from Sammy? And then Frank proceeds to acquit. See, I couldn't tell if he was being anti-Semitic or if he was saying this happened to the Jews. I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he was doing there. I think it's, I, I, I mean, honestly, like it's, I wouldn't even call it like Andy Smith. I like I would be like it's just like in poor taste. But he's like he's like he he just 
compares. I didn't know if he was being like rich Jews that buy up a neighborhood or if he was saying this happened to Jews in the Holocaust. I couldn't tell what that metaphor was. He was saying he was saying this this is like what happened in the Holocaust. He's basically saying like they're gonna come in and kick us out and raise the cost of living and like and and drive us out. That's basically what he's saying. But I'm like I'm like what you're actually talking about is just like discrimination. Yeah. And like and like redlining and stuff. It's like this is already like like this this is not I mean, the Holocaust was, like, something completely different. So I'm like, Frank, I, this comparison doesn't really, like, track. Yeah. <laughs> just because, like, I'm like, I'm like, not even, like, Frank, it's anti-Semitic that you said that. Because he's literally just being dramatic. It's not like he's, like, actively. Because it's like, Frank says a lot of anti-Semitic He's shit. just equating the wrong thing. Right, things. exactly. And I'm like, I'm like, Frank, this, like, metaphor doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, like, not really right. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, at the beginning of that sentence, I was like, is this anti-Semitic or is this, what are we doing here? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the one time that Frank, I wouldn't even really consider it to be like super anti-Semitic. I would just consider it really dramatic. That is the show's forte, but just not this time. Um, so then they get a knock at the door and Joan Cusack, absolutely incredible. She's like, maybe it's the lesbians with more money or maybe it's competing lesbians. Also, the lesbophobia in like the lesbians being the ones taking over the neighborhood is like such an overarching problem I have with the show, but... Uh, so instead, it's not the lesbians. It's the man that Liam slammed the door on earlier. His name is Wait. The way that she puckers her lips when she is disappointed with who is standing She's there. The Joan Cusack sleigh. Oh, uh, I love the the Joan Cusack pucker. Uh, he said his name is Wade. And Frank is the man who received his son's liver. Oh, my God. And Sheila you could tell like, you could tell he was like hyping himself up to say that, though, because he started crying the last time. Yeah. You could tell as he was walking over, he was like, he's like, I'm Wade. Frank got my Frank got my son's liver. Like <laughs> he's done this so many other times with the other organ recipients that he's like, this is my little script, and I absolutely love it. And Sheila comes in, and Frank, without missing a beat, like he hears the part where he has this guy's son's liver, and he goes, "You can't have it back." <laughs> like so quick, so quick, and he like backs up against the stairs too. He's like, "You can't have it back." <laughs> and Sheila's like, "Oh my god, like, what? Let me try and fix this immediately." And uh, Sammy lets herself in, just like she sees a crack in the door, like a cockroach. She's coming in. And Wade invites Frank to a dinner that evening with his wife and all the other organ recipients so that he can have one last Father's Day with his son. He's funny. He says, like, um, he's like, everyone else is already invited. Sorry, it's such short notice. Um, We couldn't find you. (laughs) He He was like, he was like, you have, like, no record for where you live and then I went to your house and then they told me you were living here so yeah now I'm here and Frank accepts the invitation because Frank loves free food and Sheila walks him out and then Sammy tries to invite herself but Sheila is so goddamn funny she's like well I don't think you're invited so and then back at the pool Debbie watches Carl and Holly's PDA and then she switches her sights from the boy to she switches her sights to the boy earlier and she builds up the confidence still with ice cream in her hair to go and talk to him and she pulls... She didn't know. <laughs> she didn't know. She pulls Holly and Carl off of each other and she hands Liam over. And then she sits down next to the cute guy and awkwardly tries to, like, really flirt. And she's just really staring at him and, like, pulling on her braid. And he looks over just behind her. There's a day camp for, like, children, like, behind her. And they a lot of them have, like, ice cream all over their face and, like... And he looks at the ice cream in her hair and the fact that she's just staring at him and he's like, are you lost? 
Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. It was it was like embarrassing for me to watch. It reminded me a lot of like uh the movie 8th grade. Not like anything in 8th grade happened like this, but there's another like cringe pool scene. Yeah. So in that, that movie, movie and is, I was like I was like Ugh. That movie is the cringiest, but like good for that because it's a movie about being in 8th grade, which is cringe. The <laughs> thing is too is that like the way that they made Elsie Fisher look or just the way that she did look was exactly how I looked in middle school. Yeah. Like long ass blonde hair. Yep. And I was like and like heavy eyebrows, like that was me. What a yeah, what a mood. How relatable. Um and then Debbie is embarrassed and shocked by what just happened to her, so she just jumps in the pool to get away from it. Right. Like poor Debbie. <laughs> um and then ooh, you said subtext time. Oh yeah, subtext time. Well also the there's like ADR of the counselor guy to like add depth to the scene i don't even know but he's like he's like are you missing one of your kids and the and the counselor guy you can hear him like in the adr is like what and then he's like counting he's like he's like nah i got all my kids (laughs) (laughs) it's like what okay so i know that we all see through the whole like debbie suddenly a lesbian thing because the writers originally were gonna have that storyline be fiona before she left but i'm a funky little lesbian and i have some empathy for debbie sometimes so let's say theoretically that all of debbie's storylines are influenced by her undiscovered homosexuality like that's who she is as a character is her disgust at holly and carl making out and like immediate pursuing of a traditionally hot guy just compulsory heterosexuality because she has a crush on holly i wish that that was what the writers had intended right yeah (laughs) but it's like but it's like she does like now that i think about it like like making debbie gay did actually make a lot of sense for her character in the long run because when you think back to all the things that she used to do they were like traditionally feminine traditionally heterosexual things getting pregnant yeah like purposefully getting being obsessed with getting a boyfriend losing your virginity having this like beautiful popular girl that she like looked up to and was also like super dependent on yeah it's and then transferring like, that over to Mandy and transferring that over to Svetlana, like... Yeah. Being hyper-feminine in a house of, like, mostly boys. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it really makes... And then and then actually when she, like, accepts her lesbianism and stuff, like, leaning more into, like, her masculinity side a little bit with, like, the welding job. I don't know. Like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the only other woman that she had in her life to look up to was, like, also, like, a very sexual, very feminine person. So that is who she models herself after. Like, even later in this episode, the outfit that she's wearing, I think, is one of Fiona's old outfits. Yeah, she's, like, wearing Fiona's heels and stuff. Like, that, like, you can just tell. And so, so I'm, like, I'm, like, in the long run, it does make sense. I know. I love that it does track, but it was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so at Patsy's, Sean's son, Will, comes to visit because it's Father's Day. And Jackie points out that Sean is a really good dad. And this dialogue does feel shoehorned in. Uh, but Fiona's like, do you miss your daughter? She's like, like a burn all over my body. Like, we get it. We understand she's got a kid and she can't see her. Thank you so much for more of that conversation. And then Fiona brings her next order over to our table of future rock stars, Davis and his band. And Davis sees that Fiona's ankle monitor is gone and he, like, grabs her leg. She, like, puts her leg up and he, like, grabs, like, fully grabs her calf. 
and he like starts right it's like weird like in the in the restaurant and it's like of course he's like that (laughs) um and the other band members give him a hard time uh specifically gus is like hello we eat here all the time can you not fuck the waitress and fuck this up I do like that they, like, put Gus into the background of scenes and, like, gave him lines before they actually introduced him as a character. Yeah. I thought that was good. I was like, oh, this feels a little more natural. It's like he was always here. She just didn't notice him. Yeah. Because we're seeing things from her point of view. And Davis invites her to his show that night, and he hands her a flyer with his arm around her waist and tells her she's welcome to bring her man because he sees them, like, looking at each other. And she's like, he's not my man, just my boss. But she low-key says it, like, loud enough for him to hear. It's, like, on purpose. She's, like, she's like, he's not my man. Just my boss. And then, like, walks away. And I'm, like, okay. Sure, girl. For sure, for sure. At Kevin V's house, Svetlana's hanging out on the couch while Kev asks her, like, parenting questions. And they seem to agree. They're, like, listen, we don't, I don't want to make him cry it out. But, like, sometimes it feels like a necessary evil. And Kev's, like, especially with two babies, it's a struggle. And Svet's, like, oh, I can't imagine having two. He's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You're about to have two because she's very pregnant. She's like, no, surrogate. I rent a uterus like youth hostel. <laughs> You're right. She's, Svetlana is made of golden one-liners. I like, there are just the quippy little things that come out of her mouth. And Kev relates about how Carol did the surrogacy thing for them, but then she ended up keeping the baby. He's like, don't do that. She's like, there's no way. They pay for service and delivery and I will deliver. She was like, she was like, have to start, have to deliver. I will deliver. (laughs) (laughs) And they bond and it's really cute. And Kev picks up one of the babies who immediately starts pulling on his hair. And Svetlana's like, get a haircut. And Kev's like, nah, V likes my hair. And he was like, I kind of thought that you were just like a sex worker that is just around. She's like, it's okay. I thought you were a dumb shit bartender. Everything's fine. Now we're friends. And there's a knock at the door. It's Debbie. Uh, And Kev opens the door and he's like, hey, Debs, do you know Svetlana? She's like, of course. She's my brother's lover's baby mama. And Kev goes, Kev just goes, oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, what, what do you, you want? want? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, there's a rat in our pool. I'm done with the public pool for the summer. Can you go and fish it out? He's like, yeah, will you babysit the kids for a second while I go do that? I want to take a swim too. And Svetlana's like, why are you done with the pool? Did someone take a shit in it? And Debbie says no. And Svetlana like eyes her. She's like, someone shit on you like clocks it immediately she just just goes sort of (laughs) and debbie's like will you tell me everything that you know about womanhood and seduction so lana was the best character the show ever had i cannot believe they let her go i think they really kind of screwed it up when they like the thruple thing was fun and interesting but they really just kind of like shot her character in the foot after that yeah they didn't know how to maintain a healthy thruple so they had to make her a villain Especially, yeah, I was like, especially when they made her straight up evil. Well, it's also like they could have literally just had a breakup without Svetlana having to be evil. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they had to make her like, I maybe it's because they didn't want another like Galovich situation where people who like rode hard for that ship were like, fuck you, like whatever, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, that's not the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't built up the same way. And God forbid we have healthy sapphic representation on this show. She was everything to me. <laughs> uh, in the basement of Sheila's house, Frank is continuing to work on milk on the milk of the gods while Sheila like wanders around him trying to convince him to let her sell the house. And she wants to travel and see Karen and Jody in Arizona. And you can see behind them that whore is still on the wall. 
I love it. I think they just kept the set. Yeah. Probably. Right? Yeah. And the biggest draw isn't the Burning Man or Mount Rushmore. It's She's like, I want to get away from Sammy. She's like, I don't know what it is. She brings something out in me. It's hate. I hate her so much. She's like, I just want to get away from her. She's like, I'm willing to sell this house that I love just to get away from her because I hate her so much. <laughs> And Frank's Frank's like, girl, I get it. Me too. And Frank's like, yeah, I understand. I agree with you. But like morally, because of gentrification, I cannot let you sell this house. And like, we do know that he's in it for the beer brewing and free housing. But like, he also, in all of his fucked up in his own fucked up in Frank way, he does give a shit about his neighborhood. And, like he's right yeah. and he is he is like mostly talking about the gentrification like like he's not like of course the afterthought would be like my beer brewing and my free housing but he's really like i don't want to see this neighborhood go yeah uh she's like i want to see the burning man i don't know how he burns i want to know she and was amazing in that part i want to see the burning man i want to see him joan and will just worked really really well together yeah. Uh, so Ian bursts into the Milkovich house. He's on a fucking war path after the incident at the funeral. And he comes in and he goes to the gun cabinet. He's like, oh, we got his fucking pea shooters. We don't have anything automatic. And he's got that set jaw that he gets when he's like going manic. And he like knocks on Kenyatta's door. It's like, do you have any fucking armor piercing ammo? And Kenyatta's like, why? It's like, cause I fucking need it. And Kenyatta looks over his head. Kenyatta's such a tall man. Looks over Cameron's head at Noel and goes, get your bitch in line. And Mickey just looks off. Okay. No, Kenyatta's right. What the fuck does he need armor piercing ammo for? This guy is just some preacher. Yeah. Like, I know he's just like, man, but it's like, boy, you don't need armor. Pier- this guy doesn't have armor. He's just some guy. Yeah. So Ian starts to, like, rant and form a disastrous plan, and he's, like, fucking with the guns. And we, like, look over to Mickey and Mandy and their conversation. They're like, hi, what the fuck is going on? She's like, should we call Fiona? He's like, no, 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 we call Fiona. She's going to send him to a shrink or a fucking nuthouse. We're not calling Fiona. He's like, I'm going to deal with this. And then there's some very obvious ADR of Noel of, like, Mickey's mouth is not moving. But we're looking over his shoulder, so you kind of can't tell. He's like, hey, Private Ryan, I got a plan. Because Cameron also doesn't react to that line. Like, it is so clearly ADR thrown in after the fact. Because they're like, fuck, we forgot how to get out of this scene. They literally could have just been like, we'll handle this ourselves. And then just, like, move on from there. Yeah. Like, that would have been totally fine. Maybe somebody watched it in post and they were like, I don't know. It just feels, like, really, like, sudden. (laughs) Yeah. But it literally makes total sense. Like, it's fine. Um, I also agree with you that Cameron was remarkable this season and should have won an Emmy, but it was still classified as a comedy, even though it super fucking wasn't. Yeah, he, I would, I will say like, even though he didn't do any comedic acting this season, he could have absolutely killed the nominees that year. I think it was like, um, it was like Ty Burrell for Modern Family, Audrey Brower for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Tony Hale won for Veep. That was... Oh, Tony Hale would have been tough to be up against. Especially in the comedy category, because, yeah. like, Cameron didn't even do any comedy. And then it was, like, um, maybe Tyler Ferguson for Modern Family But, like, also. if he was in drama, Titus just, Burgess. just this and 506 could have clinched him a drama Emmy. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was it was Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and um, Adam Driver for Girls that mm. year. I was just looking at it like twenty like an hour ago. That's why I remember. Joan <laughs> like, I can't did just win. Recall that Joan won for Joan, best supporting. Joan won for best supporting. Is that the only Which Emmy is, the show ever got? They won Emmys for stunts, but not uh not any acting. William H Macy was nominated like eight times or something. Joan was nominated three or four times. This is the only time she won, which I thought was interesting because she literally only appears in three episodes this season. Yeah. She like, runs away with it though. She did she did some doing. She didn't win for any of the past seasons that she did though. Uh and then we return to the construction site. Tommy is blowing a whistle to signify the end of the workday because he's not paying overtime. And they're like, oh my God, Gallagher's still standing. And they placed bets and Liv's like, oh, so I so I win the bet. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to spend this on drinks at the alibi. Um, and he's he's like, here's your phone back. Go home, shower, meet us at the alibi. And Liv's like, so cool. And he goes and he wanders by the fence and he falls to the floor. So exhausted. My poor little baby. The first manual labor this man has ever done in his life. And he's pretty freaking strong. He's in great shape. It's literally just construction just fucking kills. Yeah. It kills you. With like no, he's no gloves. I'm sure he's not wearing the right shoes. Like no sun protection. He's probably sunburned as fuck. Like his shoes look fine. I looked fine. They were just like boots. Back to Frank and Sheila. They're leaving the father's. They're leaving to go to the Father's Day dinner. And Sammy is waiting outside. And she's like ready to come with. And Sheila's like, ah, oh my God. Will you fucking back away? You weren't She's invited. She keeps going, Sammy, you weren't invited. Like, she just fucking says it to her face. I love it. And then Sammy, in the unhinged way that she yells, is like, I'm entitled to spend Father's Day with my dad. And Frank's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can make this a family affair. Sh- Sammy, go back to the trailer and get Chucky. Let's all go. And she turns and goes to go back to the trailer. And he grabs Sheila's hand and goes, run. And they just start running. And it's so cute and sweet. And like slow motion too. It's awesome. Oh, I love the like goofy way that Sheila runs too. Oh. Right. Because she's so excited that he like chose her. Yeah. Over Sammy. Uh, in a back alley, Lip is sharing hose water with just a huge dog. That's the biggest dog I've ever seen. Seriously. I was like, that dog is huge. <laughs> and Mandy walks by in a full church getup, spotting him. And she's like, hey. And he's like, you look. She's like, like a church girl? Yeah, that's the point. And she, and they like, he asks how Ian's doing. And she honestly says, not get, not great, but we've got it. And then he's like, well, I can help if you need to. And she's like, yeah, no, I got that. And then she asks if he has a girlfriend. And he says no, even though we got a titty pick this morning. Yeah, but didn't, before they left, didn't they say that they weren't exclusive? Yeah. And then she, Mandy says she's down to hook up over the summer, just don't call because of Kenyatta. And he's like, no, yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like this scene was really interesting when I was watching it because they, instead of it, them trying to, like, play things off or be like, yeah, like, no, I got it. Like, they're not actively trying to push each other away. They literally just say, okay, yeah. to everything that the other person offers. Like she's, he's like, I can help out. And she's like, okay, I'll let you know. And then he's like, or she's like, if you want to hook up, we can. And he says, okay, sure. Like, you know. And then as she walks away in a very sweet moment, he tells her she looks really pretty. It's like, you look really pretty. And she, and she responds to that by turning around and flipping him off in the cutest way. That's the best. She does look really pretty. The blonde was so good on her. Yeah. Uh, so Sammy, having discovered that she was abandoned, gets on the roof of Sheila's house 
and climbs in through a window. And she finds a card with the address for the dinner they went to on it. And then she lets Chucky in through the front door and leaves him to take a shit on Sheila's coffee table. Yeah. She's like, do like we talked about. So it's like, I like the way the show did it because it's like, they don't, they don't say it verbatim, like go take a shit on the table, but they like hint in every way that that's what's happening. So you don't get that payoff until the visual gag later. Yeah. We transition to Mandy entering the church and asking to talk to the pastor, who is Mr. Howard from iCarly. He's like this mean teacher in iCarly. And in like one of the episodes, they played a prank or they were in detention and he was the detention monitor and he left for a little bit and they played a game of hangman on the whiteboard. And the answer to hangman was Mr. Howard eats pants. Oh, my God. It was awesome. He was a real part of my childhood. (laughs) And the lady, the lady at the front of the, the church door says, church quote-unquote it's like in a strip mall um she says yes but she has to pat mandy down first and so she pats her down and then mandy goes up to the pastor and we like fade away fiona arrives at an na meeting joining sean it's their second one that day sean must really sean is going through it and fiona's like "Mm, well i was really distracted this morning there was this hot guy sitting next to me like okay Right, like, she makes it clear that she really just followed him there. Like, she only came to hang out with him. She doesn't actually need to go to the meeting. And it's like, okay, she's, like, flirting with him. Fiona, hashtag free woman. Like, yes, feminism. But girl, right after you flirted with Davis in front of Sean. Like, if I was Sean. I think she flirted with Davis in front of Sean to get Sean's attention. To make him jealous. Yeah. But, like... If I was Sean, I no, because she'd been flirting with Davis for like weeks at this point. Like if I was Sean, I wouldn't believe her when she's like, I actually like you. I actually have a crush on you. I would be like, yeah, sure you do. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's just how I would feel if I was Sean, especially because I would be like, look at you and look at me. No offense to Sean, but he's a lot older than her. And he's like, I don't know. He's not a rock star. And then the date that she invites him on is to go see Davis's show. Right. I would be like, seriously, Fiona, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, no, it's not happening. But I would like again to say that Emmy looks so fucking hot. Oh, she looks amazing. Oh, she She looks seriously. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, she says she feels like she's making progress and he like doesn't respond to that, but he does smile And she asks for an answer and he tells her, can we talk after the meeting? And then there's like some tension and some eye lingering. And then he gets up and leaves. Oh, wait, no, this is later. Sorry. Well, no, that's later. But she's she's confident when he asks that, that he's just going to say yes. He just wants to be respectful of like the people that are talking. Yeah. Um, Because he takes Anna very seriously and he knows that she kind of doesn't. So she's and she's she's trying to be like, okay, yes, I will also take it seriously. She's she's confident that he's going to say yes. Like by her facial expression, she's like, "Mm -hmm." like, I'm I'm ready to wait. Yeah. Yeah. At the Father's Day dinner, Frank is comparing gnarly scars with the guy who received the lungs, uh, which is honestly hilarious. Like, hey, hey, fellow organ recipient, what does your scar look like? Well, then he shows him the the scar. He mentions the scar where his kidney got taken. Yeah. In that fake transplant, he, he like turns his side. He's like, oh, I forgot the kidney. <laughs> and the guy's like, and the guy's like, whoa. And everyone's wearing name tags that say like, I'm the lungs. I'm the corneas. And Frank's is, I'm the liver. Ba-da-ba-ba. Name drop. Uh, Wade steps up to speak and tells them how his son David, his son David died fighting off a home invader. 
And Wade is obviously, like, grieving this loss really hard. And his wife seems to be a little bit annoyed with him. And she comes into a NAS that dinner is ready. She's super uncomfortable with this. But he's like, he introduces her. And then he looks at all the organ donors and says, this is David. And the look on her face is like, this is weird, but I love you and you're grieving. So, right. She's like, you're just coping. Like, I'm obviously coping in a different way. And it's at that moment, Sammy knocks and lets herself in. And Sheila immediately, she's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) She literally like slumps all the way back into the couch and she goes and she just goes, oh. Like, she's so pissed. Joan, queen of physical comedy. And Sammy apologizes for being late, saying that Chucky had to go number two really bad. And then winks at Sheila. Back at the church, Mandy is telling the pastor about how her entire family is heartbroken that her brother is gay. How could he choose this? And she's like nuzzling into the guy's neck and she's crying. And it's deeply disturbing to watch. Back at the meeting, Fiona is flirting a little bit more with Sean. There's like close-up shots of them like, kind of touching and looking at each other while someone in the group shares and like knowing what we know about Sean what he thinks of Fiona she's like she's very dangerous to him so this is very poignant that like during an NA meeting that this is happening well it's also like the person the person sharing like the actual dialogue they're like they're like I want to use every day but I know it'll like hurt me like it's intoxicating i think about it all like all day every day and like it's coupled with these shots of like sean and fiona looking at each other and then we find out later that sean thinks of fiona like a drug yeah like something that he can't get himself involved in it's like okay that was that was pretty good shameless i'll give you guys that that was good that was pretty good at the Milkovich house, the other vets, Ian and Mickey, discuss the plan, and they seem to be talking about, like, doing something to the pastor but not hurting him, but they don't mention what that is. I like that you say you like the way Mickey talks to these guys. It is fun. Like, I like Ian having a couple of little friends and Mickey, like, knowing them. Well, he literally just talks to them, like, normal. He talks to them like, like guys talk to each other, and I'm like, then in the later seasons, like, Mickey is so antisocial to the point where it's like, girl, you look like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> like... You just straight up look like a weirdo. And then the dynamic between him and Ian, too. Ian is, like, standing at attention, and the guys are sitting on the couch. They're like, well, someone has to do it. And Ian's like, I'll do it. And Mickey goes, no, 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 if you do it, you'll fucking kill the guy. So someone else has to do it. And Ian's like, well, then why don't you do it? He's like, it's it's my fucking plan. That's exactly why I don't have to do it. (laughs) Right, exactly. And it's like, what? Guys, like... What are you gonna do to this guy? Like, what's what's the big idea? They keep a lot of they keep a lot of mystery in this. It's like, well, we're gonna do something to him, but we're not gonna hurt him. Yeah. And anyway, one of the veterans stands up and he's like, "I'll do it for my country, for the army." It's like, okay. <laughs> he is so the gayest out of all of them, too. <laughs> he very much like is. it's like it's like you have like normal looking guy, guy in a fireman shirt, guy in cut off jean shorts. Yeah, I'll do it. For my country. Did clock the gay Chicago firemen sitting on their yeah. couch. Slay. Uh, so Mandy comes back and Mickey's like, where the fuck is the guy you were supposed to drug him? She's like, I didn't have to. He's on his way over. And so the guy that agrees to do the thing that they were planning starts chugging a bottle of vodka. At Kevin V's, Svetlana is teaching Debbie about womanhood. And she finishes putting a condom on a cucumber and telling Debbie, like, all right, show me your seduction face. And Debbie, like flops because she's a tween she can't yeah svetlana just dead ass goes you have no mother (laughs) but she she phrases it like she's like you have no mother like because she already kind of knows and debbie's like 
not really. <laughs> yeah. And then Debbie or Svetlana pulls out a pair of scissors. She's like, I'm going to do something for you that my own mother did for me. At dinner, Frank is wolfing down his prime rib while Wade like reminisces about his son. And he refer he like continues to refer to him as like, David is the center of my life. David is, David is dead, my guy. I know. It's like, I know people like do that, but especially at this whole dinner thing, it's kind of like, wait, like you're coming off a little strong here. I know you're coping. It's also a little bit disrespectful to the recipients of the organs. Like they are it in almost, fact people. It almost feels like you're like, yeah, you're like bitter that, that they got them. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. They had nothing to do with your son's death. Yeah. Personally. They were simply trying not to die. Yeah. I mean, except for Frank. <laughs> Frank, Frank Loki actively died. Uh, and so Sam, the guy's like, this is my first Father's Day in 18 years without my son. And Sammy's like, that's so funny. This is my first Father's Day with a dad. Everyone just like looks at Frank. They're all like, are you going to say something? And he literally doesn't notice. <laughs> and he compliments the wife on the cookie. He's actually being a very nice guest. He compliments the wife on her cooking. And then he grabs a little like sip of Sheila's wine. And they stare at him like, what the fuck are you doing? You have a donated liver what are you doing he he grabs sheila's wine to salute her takes a little sip of it decides "Ooh, that's good gets his own glass pours a glass of wine busts out his tape measure that he had like in a couple like the last episode where he's like like certain amounts of alcohol a day busts out his tape measure and is like "Mm -hmm." and then he starts drinking the wine (laughs) and they're all like what the fuck he's like if i pace myself this liver will last me a decade. And then the man with the lungs goes, well, fuck it. Give me a cigarette. <laughs> Sheila's like, oh, God. And you're right. There is a serious lack of V in this episode and no Carl. But he'll get one later. Also, his leg is his leg is broken. So it's like, well, he can't do anything super complicated. I also would argue V's absence is, is Kev's storyline in this episode. Like, V's absence is vital to the story that Kev is telling of, like, I do not know how to do this as a parent because I don't know how V isn't. So this is like V Kev's yeah. side of the story. And also Kev's like it like V's absence allows Kev to build this bond with Svetlana. Yeah. Back at Kevin V's house, Kev returns from the Gallagher pool to find that Svetlana has cut Debbie's once long hair up to her shoulders and put makeup. She did a great job, by the way. Her hair looks great. Right. And Svetlana instructs Debbie to try her seductive face. And so she like flips her hair and stares at him. And he's like, oh my God, that's a child. What are you doing? That's a child. And she's like, she looked good, no? And then he's like, ah, I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) And she's like, that means yes. That means yes. (laughs) And uh, Svetlana approaches him and V doesn't like, she's like, well, and she she has the scissors. She's like, well, V does not like pain. So she stopped breastfeeding. You do not like pain. We cut hair. Like, makes sense to me. And Debbie's like, "Mm And upstairs at the Gallagher house, Fiona arrives home from the failed NA meeting and she comes into the room to find Lip passed out on the bed and she's like worried that he's dead. Like not sleeping. He's like, she like thinks about it for a second. She's like, um. <laughs> and she like wakes him up. He's like, oh, fuck. And he shows her his fucked up hands from working and explains that he was asleep because he was fucking tired. And she's like, do you want to come drink the pain away with me at a concert? He's like, can't. Gotta meet the guys at the alibi. It's a work obligation. And then she calls V. And like, because they're besties. And she's like, hey, let's let's go get drunk together. And V, v does accept. Yeah. This. I mean, we don't, we don't hear her on the other side of the phone. But she's like, okay, great. Like, I'll see you soon. And then Sheila in her home. Just one shot of Sheila staring intently. And we, at, there's a reveal of a turd. 
sitting on her like living room coffee table. It's just one like over the shoulder shot of Sheila with the turd, and she just like the scream that she screams ne- has never been scrumped. <laughs> it's so funny. That turd was truly horrifying. Yeah, huge. It was scary. How did it? How did it come out of that kid? <laughs> Seriously. And so Fiona comes into the kitchen at the Gallagher house and finds Sean waiting for her. Carl let him in. And she's like, so did I overstep when I asked you out? And he goes, no, I just can't date you because you're dangerous. And she's like, well, I know I'm a newcomer, so we're not supposed to date. And he's like, no, no, no. I will become addicted to you and it will ruin my life. Yeah, it's like as much as he's like a real junkie, like a a drug junkie, he's an adrenaline junkie too. And she is chaos everywhere she goes. Yeah. And that sucks for her to hear. It is the truth, but it sucks for her to hear that. Uh, and he tells her yeah. she should keep going to NA, but like, just don't sit near me when you go there. It's like, honestly, her reputation since she met him has not been very good. Yeah. Baby girl, at this point, you might not be more than just chaos. Yeah. And so like. V returns home and Svetlana is nursing Amy on the couch and V pulls her off. She's like, is that Amy on your tit? And Svetlana's like, I don't know. I don't know which one this one is. She goes, how the fuck do you tell them apart? <laughs> and V yells for Kev to come downstairs and he's got a freshly shaved head and she's pissed. Is this the first time he has a shaved head in the show? Five full seasons? Yeah, he always had, um, he had like his normal hairstyle and then season two, he started growing it out. Huh. So he wore it in like braids a lot. Yeah. Like fair. he had, he would wear like two braid, like two pigtail braids. That was like, I can't remember how long his hair was in season two. I think it was similar to season one. Season three, he wore, oh, he wore a ponytail a lot. Yeah. In season four, season three, he wore a lot of braids. There yeah, was a he moment, just had long hair. There was a moment at the park where I couldn't tell if that was his hair and it like just didn't suit him or if that was a wig. Like, I don't know if they like maybe fucked up and had to reshoot that and if it was a wig. Yeah, I think. Or if they just shot out of order. I think Emma was probably wearing a wig or extensions. That's why her hair was like in braids. Yeah. At least. That's what I think. I agree. Personally for this episode. Uh, so first things first, she's pissed that there was, that Svetlana's tit was in her baby's mouth. And she he's like, whoa, 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 with the call and her a hooker shit. It's Svetlana. She's not a hooker. She's Svetlana. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And they argue about formula and Kev's like, breastfeeding is better god created breasts he didn't create formula okay kev he's also eating the cucumber that had the condom on it i bet and i bet it has lube on it too it's like baby girl don't eat that (laughs) must be gross and fiona comes in ready to go she sees kev's hair and then she sees debbie's and now they're all mad and they go to she i love that fiona looks at svetlana and she's like did you do this and svetlana's like i'm gonna take my baby and leave (laughs) She's like, oh, okay, I think it's time for baby's nap. And she, like, picks him up and walks away. Nap, even though it's fully nighttime. <laughs> fully just gets the fuck out of there. It's fully 10 p.m. <laughs> and V's freaking out about Kev's hair. But Kev is like, it is hair. It will grow back. It was hot and the babies were pulling on it. it. I cut it off. It'll grow back. And she's, like, got such a hold on that. She's like, that was my hair, Kev. Which it's, like, as, like, a like a black woman with natural hair it's like honestly that has a couple different layers to it not just the fact that it's like their partners and she feels like he should consult her when making those decisions yeah 
but also like there's this whole like idea of like she wears like uh Shinola has uh locks so it's just like she's kind of like this is my hair yeah like it's it's also mine because i don't have hair like that yeah you know? this is a thing we bonded over Right. And V try- er, Fiona tries to get V to go to the bar where they're still. And V's like, no, fuck you. And she goes upstairs. And so Fiona leaves with Debbie. And Kev's like, it is just hair. And Fiona's like, keep telling yourself that. But like, Fiona, mind your business. She knows, though. She knows that it's about more than the hair. Yeah. She gets it. But yeah, the relationship between Kevin and Fiona like really held the show together as like friends, a source of tension. Um, but the second they abandoned it in favor of like the V-Svet Kev relationship, which I did enjoy, but the show fell off because it neglected like one of the relationships that really drove it, which was Fiona and Veronica. Yeah, I agree. At the Milkovich house, the guys are watching through a door. I really like that shot of the three of them watching through the door. As Mandy- It's con- like cartoonish. Yeah. As Mandy convinces the pastor to let her give him a blowjob. And she's like, close your eyes so you can't see me sinning so I can pretend I'm praying. And so he does. And Mandy pulls his dick out and starts like jerking him off. And then the guy from earlier comes in and Mandy like pushes his head down and he starts blowing the guy. And so then they all come out with their phones and they start taking pictures and videos and stuff. And Ian and like the guy comes and realizes what the fuck happened. And Ian shows the pastor his phone and he's like, oh, look at this one. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, posting it to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. And he's like, what are you going to say, Pastor, that you thought a teenage girl was blowing you instead? What's your what's your defense here? Right, like, not a good look either way. And that, that was the grand plan. That is what got Ian to calm down from his fucking murder spree. It's a good plan. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know. I feel like maybe that canceling didn't last very long. Yeah. But you never know with local people. With local- church leaders that's so true back at the galler house fiona and debbie argue over debbie's new haircut and fiona's like this whole look is too mature for you and i also it's truly fine it is maybe a little it's just the makeup yeah the makeup's maybe a little much for like a 13 year old but still not too bad right like it's like it's it's honestly fine and then this sound has been on my for you page a lot it's like you look like a i look like a what a hooker Really? That is not a compliment. It is from Carl. Like, that sound has been right. on my For You page so much. Whoa, you look like a hooker. <laughs> really? <laughs> and Fiona's like, why are you a nice, smart girl hanging out with Svetlana? And Debbie's like, I don't know. Why is a nice, smart girl like you on probation for drugs? And it's like, damn, she got her. Got her there. <laughs> like, she got her there. She's right. Why are you on probation for drugs if you're a nice, smart girl? And Fiona, like, is still frustrated, but, like, also realizes that Debbie is lashing out because she lost her friends. And also, she's a teenage girl. And also, she's right. Well, also, it's like, she just made a massive change in her appearance. She's probably pretty insecure about it anyway. Like, you don't need to glom on and be like, you look terrible. Yeah. You look like a hooker. You look trashy. Like, but it's like, she's probably feeling a little insecure about it anyway, even if she's also, like, simultaneously kind of confident you know yeah and so fiona like is like or what do you got in another fight with your friends and debbie's like what friends and the fiona's like well the hair is nice maybe just take some of the makeup off do you want to come to a concert yeah she's like do you have plans yeah <laughs> it's like girl she's 13 does she have plans and now lip and frank are both at the alibi lip gets shit for being late to drinks but he lies and says he had phone sex with amanda the man was asleep and Frank asked Tommy what they're building on top of the demolished nursing home. And Tommy's like, I don't know. I just knock shit down. And Frank's like, bet it's, some, bet it's a restaurant. Bet it's Starbucks. 
bet it's some stupid hipster bullshit because the gentrification is coming and the lesbians are coming and the cost of living is going up. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He says gentrification and Tommy says genital what? (laughs) (laughs) And they're not really receptive of him, but there is a shot of Lip right at the end that like he was listening. Right. Which like uh, later what he ends up doing with Mickey for like one random spinoff scene. But Lip has a bunch of stuff later too. Yeah. So Debbie and Fiona arrive at the bar where the band is playing. Debbie didn't even get carded. And they go dance together, and some drunk guy tries to grind on Debbie, but Fiona pulls him off going, going 14 will get you 20. Is she 14 now? When did, did she turn I, 14? She, her birthday's either in, like, October or December or something, because she has, like, multiple birthdays. But either way, I guess, technically, her 14th birthday would have passed. And Ian is still 17. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, pretty unfortunate. But that's being a middle child. Yeah. And then we cut to Sammy getting back to the trailer. Sheila is sitting out front waiting for her very calmly. Scary calmly. And Sheila's like, I tried to be your friend, but then I realized I'm your stepmother. And so I should parent you. Um, and then she immediately starts reading her to hell and back. She's like, people don't want to be around you because you're annoying. Nobody likes you and you're a bad mom. It's awesome. Boots the house down. She's like, <laughs> you're needy and annoying. And that's why your dad didn't want you. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, girl. Laying down. Like, and you're slutty. And a bad mother. And then she hands the baggie of Chucky shit back to Sammy. And Sammy is so traumatized from that thorough verbal bitch slapping that she just takes it. She just like stares at the ground. She's like, and for a second, for a second, you're like, maybe she really took that to heart. Maybe she actually believes her. But then right back in next up says like she is back to, to all of her tricks. Yeah. <laughs> like Once again, we are saying Emmy looks so fucking hot in this episode. Back at the concert, Fiona and Debbie are dancing more. Fiona gets pulled up on stage to dance with Davis and flirt a little. And then she like looks over and the drunk guy is once again making a move on Debbie. So she gets off the stage and punches the dude in the face. And then the dude punches her back. He bodies her too. She hits the ground. <laughs> oh, so then Davis gets off stage and hits the guy too. And Fiona's like, all right, now we're leaving and grabs Debbie and they run out of the bar and they're like laughing and they round the corner before stopping. She's like, if you want to hang out in bars and wear clothes like that, you got to learn to run faster. And it's like a very big bonding moment. And Debbie is like leaning against the building and Debbie's having a great time. But then Fiona, it dawns on Fiona. She's like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, Sean's, Sean's right. Sean's right. I'm chaos. And it, like, spreads. It's not just me. And now it's spreading to Debbie. Yeah, because Debbie's fucking chaos, too. And that's the end of the episode. And then there's an end credit scene of Tommy and his crew gathered around a sign at the demo site. And Lip, having just arrived, pushes through. He's like, what the fuck are we looking at? It's a sign for an organic coffee shop. They're like, how did he know? And then from behind them, you hear, told you. And you turn around and it's Frank with the sun rising behind him, shining off of him. And he's like, and he turns around and cock-a-doodle-doos to the sunrise. And we end the episode the same way we began. Yeah. It was a great episode. The end credit song is just an instrumental track called Midnight Atastrophe by Boss House Music. Next week on Shameless, Fiona finds out that the band guy Davis has a girlfriend. Kenyatta wants Mandy to move to Indiana. Lip and Mandy reconnect. Debbie does what is the most evil thing, tied for something else she does this season, she does in the entire series. 
Sheila is test driving an RV and Sammy attacks Frank. This is what I mean when I say that the promos like spoil the whole episode. Yeah. Like the, the Davis thing leads to something else, leads to Gus. But Kenyatta and Mandy, Lip and Mandy, Debbie doing what she does, Sheila test driving the RV. It's like, this spoils the whole goddamn episode. Yeah. Like, I know what's about to happen. The only thing is that they, when Sammy's attacking Frank, it's that final scene. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's the only thing that they don't spoil. This episode of Mandy being used as a sexual tool um, is like a precursor to her leaving the show because the actress no longer wanted to be used as a sexual tool on the show. She did low-key say that she wanted to get, she wanted her character to get killed off. Yeah. Though. She was like, Emma Grimm was like, you might as well just kill my character. Like, just kill me. Yeah. Just kill me. And they didn't. But then they can't um, guilt her into so. coming back for an episode or two later in the series. But then they made her come back as an escort. Yeah. So. But she was like, don't worry. It's like better this time. I'm like chilling and hanging out. And like my clients are good to me. And the whole reason she called the in there in the first place was because one of her clients tried to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> so this episode was really good. I really like liked this episode. Season five is, I think, the best of the series. And it, with the exception of, like, v, v and Carl not having a storyline in this episode, I think it was really strong for everybody. I think, it, yeah, I do think it's a really strong season. But I think plot-wise, I just can't beat season four. Season four had everything. It was everything to me. It just made huge strides. I think of seasons four and five as, like, one big thing. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, and like, honestly, season six was good. It was really good. And you'll see it's really good. Um, but it does mark like the start of a transition into the more like shitty, slapsticky, silly haha yeah. show that we saw that we ended up seeing like closer to season 10 and 11. Um, it's when the show was set in perpetual like summer to fall. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, it's just, it, yeah, it didn't feel as authentic anymore after season. Honestly, I would say, like, after season seven. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did enjoy this episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of, like, uh, like season five, episode six is going to be, like, another Emily for me. That episode is so big. Yeah, for sure. Now that I'm, like, I was, like, thinking about it, and I'm, like, we're in the, the swing of summer. We continue to be in the swing of summer for a lot of this, for most of the season. And then suddenly we switch right to fall with uh, episodes like five and six. And it's, I'm, because I haven't rewatched this season in a while, I'm like, wait, how do we get there? Yeah. Because I, I know we do and I know we get there well, but I'm like, I can't remember like how they transition it. The answer is they, they just don't. Do. <laughs> no, they really do. Like all the all the episodes make sense together. It doesn't feel like there's huge huge time gaps between them. Speaking of huge time gaps, um, listen, we don't really have a Us. schedule for when we post episodes anymore. It's truly whenever two or more of us are available to do this. Um, so sorry about our inconsistency, but you know, sorry that the pandemic is still happening, but also the workforce is like back in swing. Yeah. And also the world is on fire and also everything is bad and we cannot concentrate on anything for a good amount of time because then your brain starts to explode. Um, Dude, deadass, I'm coping. <laughs> I'm like, I'm coping. 
I like have a to-do list of things that I can do. Like this today, this today is what my brain can do. That is it. That is what today has. Uh, but thank you for spending a silly little hour or two with us. Um, we're sorry that Evan wasn't here, but he should he should be here for the next one. We're gonna put that we'll out into the universe. Time. We'll just spring it on him. We'll be like Evan. It's time. It's your turn. <laughs> it's time the to go. The two Lisas. Like it's time. Um, if you want to follow the show on Instagram or Twitter, it is at luckwehadpod. You can email us, luckwehadpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support our Ko-Fi or our Bonfire campaign or get a sticker from us, to get a sticker, DM one of our Insta or, or, our, Insta or our Twitter. Uh, if you want to support a Ko-Fi or our Bonfire and get a shirt, that information will be in the link tree in the bio of all of our socials. Uh, you can follow me at Abnormal Amanda on Instagram or, or on Twitter at Abnormal Amanda 18 on Instagram and at Abnormal Amanda underscore 18 on TikTok. Lena, where they can follow you. You can find me on Twitter at Durs Holmvik, like the character from Workaholics, except the L is an I. You can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. If you liked um, talking in the little Emmys, I know we just talked like shameless alum this time, but Feel free to slide in my DMs and talk about the Emmys as a whole. Nominations. Love to talk about TV. So I'm excited to I see mean, what obviously. what of your predictions happens. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't get to get to like, I mean, we didn't get to do like general predictions. We just did like the shameless alum. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, follow Evan at uh, I am okay four thousand on Instagram and Internet Life Yo on uh, Twitter. Twitter. You know, like, and oh, it was just my sister's birthday. She designed our logo. Follow Zoe is so cool, like, at, or her art Instagram burden on society. Um, she's very cool. She has more TikTok followers than me. It's fine. I'm not jealous at all. It's fine. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> also, it's my it's my best friend Simon's birthday. Happy birthday, Simon! Happy you birthday, the Simon! They are the best, and they are awesome. Oh my god, so. that's the great. All right, so Lena and I are have been recording for so very long now. We're going to get out of here. Thank you all for joining us. And we promise we are eventually going to post episode three. It will happen. It just... At some point. Yeah, at some point. We're not giving up. I refuse to be one of those podcasts that starts a rewatch and gives up. No, we're not giving up. It just might be like the long game. The (laughs) The long game. We're playing the long game. We've done five seasons in less than two years. We've got this. Yeah. 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 All right. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.